and welcome to Casa Loud Chats, a podcast dedicated to Nickelodeon's, the Casa Grandes, and the Loud House universe. And I'm your host, Sunny. And welcome to episode 65 of Casa Loud Chats, and happy belated birthday to our boy, Lincoln Loud. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say at the top of the show, because of course, we'll be discussing present danger during the second half of the show, discussing all the new episodes of the Loud House and the Casa Grandes that came out. But of course, I had seen present danger beforehand, and now officially, so I could finally talk about present danger because I'm so very excited but there's a ton of episodes that I missed and this episode will be basically a catch-up episode of all the episodes that came out in June I apologize that this episode is coming out really late as there was a lot of news that came out but of course my real life is very busy so I don't know when or how I have time to you know, schedule the podcast because I'm always super uh, I'm always very busy but of course now I had time to, to finally record an episode and it's way past two special episodes that came out in July, which were Save Warrior Woods, and of course Phantom Freakout, and I know everybody wants to hear my thoughts on Phantom Freakout, but I won't be able to talk about those until the end of July, when all the episodes of The Loud House of the Castle Grounded air in July, because I need to catch up on all the episodes that premiered in June. So again, this will be another lightning round of episode reviews of all these episodes that came out, and again, I apologize if I kind of speed through some of these episodes or don't give them the due that they deserve, because there's probably some things I want to talk about some things I don't, but you know, the main thing I want to get to mostly is the big specials, i.e. Time Trap and Golden Curse that came out in June, and of course Present Danger. Um, so I want to get to those, those are the big ones I very want to focus on, but of course there are plenty of other episodes that we need to discuss that I also enjoyed as well. Um, but let's, let's, let's not uh, waste any other time, with that being said, let's get to some CASA NEWS! So as I said on the top of the show, there was a lot of episodes that came out in June, and there's also going to be a lot of episodes coming out in July. So yeah, we just recently had the two big specials that came out, Save Royal Woods and Fan Freak Out for the Casa Grande, Save Royal Woods for TLH, and, but, you know, spoiler alert, they were both amazing. <laughs> I mean, of course, Save Royal Woods being a big musical episode, you know, that's going to be my thing, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, but again, I won't talk about it now until later on in, a, in another in a future episode. And of course, Fan Freakout being the OT4 episode where, you know, Lincoln and Clyde and Roddy and Sid are finally together for the first time ever in the Casa Grandes. It's crazy to me. And of course, I can't wait to talk about that episode way into the future. But yeah, I have to save those for later. But of course, love both of those. I really, really enjoy both of those specials. Two big banger stuff. But of course, the, the train doesn't stop on both shows. Well, I say that because the Casa Grande is going to be ending pretty soon. Well, we're getting to the far end end of the last set of episodes for season three of Casa Grande's in the whole show, so that's sad. But as for Loud House, the train doesn't stop here because we still have lots of episodes coming up for both shows. As for July, this week we're getting two brand new episodes for the Loud House and two brand new episodes for the Casa Grande's. Uh, the Loud House being a uh, food courting and, uh, oh my gosh, uh, blah, 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 what is it? It's food courting and puns and buns. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Miguel, uh, has a crush on, 
uh, this guy named Gavin and Lenny tries to help him episode and the Lanny episode that we're all very excited about. Like, two love-related episodes that are premiering in July, but this is pretty cool, you know, because, again, uh, the the uh, Food Courty episode being about how when Lenny finds out that Miguel has a crush on this boy and Gavin, she tries to help out. And I think it's really cool that they're, you know, with, with season six, I think they're doing a really good job with expanding the cast. Like, they're really trying to focus on the side characters a lot more lately in the show and giving Miguel a character that's really more, like, part of Lenny's friend group at, at work is pretty cool, so that'll be really nice. And then also, finally getting the first Wanny episode that seems like forever. The last one we had with them was, I think, the uh, the Pimple Planet episode back in Season 4. Like, we see Wanny here from time to time, but they haven't had a focus episode since that episode. And, um... Oh my gosh, what is that episode about? Yeah. So, it, it was the Wandy episode. It's Betty struggles to read in Luanne and her practical jokes when she becomes a co his co-worker at the Burpin Burger. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how their dynamic as a couple works because, you know, we do see them in certain episodes. But this is going to be kind of like where Benny is sort of getting a little bit frustrated with Luanne just making jokes all the time, you know? So, it won't feel like that Benny is just always, you know, happy that Luanne's making jokes because there's a time and place for making jokes and Luanne needs to kind of be learn to be more grounded, especially when she's starting a new job at the Perfect Burger. So, I think that's pretty cool. So, yeah, those episodes, when this episode comes out, it's coming out on Friday. Which that that now the episodes will air and I won't be able to see them. Uh, I won't be able to see the premieres, but I'm sure everybody will be talking about them. And it'll be really great. Um, so yeah, very very excited about both of those. Can't wait to see both of those. Uh, and then uh, oh my gosh, what is the yeah. Sorry, I'm looking for the news. Yeah, so, and then also for the Casa Grandes, we have two brand new episodes, which are, uh, Sidekick and Chicken. After hearing about a contest to find El Falcone's next sidekick, Carl becomes El Polito and tries to win. I hope I said that correctly, I don't think so. And then Silent Fight. Once Carlitos falls asleep, Carl and CJ must conduct all their playing and fighting in absolute silence. So, back to back, Carl. You know, I'm sorry, guys. You know, I love how Casa is kind of like saying to the haters, like, no, like, no more, like, you want no more Carl episodes? How about double Carl episodes back to back? Good on you, Carl fans. You, you, you deserve it. Yeah, so that'll be fun just to see um, two Carl episodes back to back and what he'll be up to in those, especially because it'll be like uh, the, I like, I'm very excited about the Silent Fight one because it'll be Carl and CJ. Um, so I, because I love CJ, so he deserves better more. But, uh, yeah, so that'll be this week. Uh, that'll be this Friday. And then next week, oh my gosh, uh, next week we have, oh man, <laughs> we have some bangers next week, folks, because next week are two more brand new episodes of The Loud House and The Casa Grandes. Um, as next week, the fifth team is going to be Lights, Cameras, Nuclear Reaction, and, um, oh my gosh, what is paired with that one? Because it's not food courting, it's, um, oh, what is, what is paired with that one? Is that save the last pair? Oh, it is. Okay, gotcha. All right. Because it, 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 it's listed here on the uh, description for it. It's paired with Food Courty, which is not. So, uh, but yes. The Lights, Camera, Nuclear Reaction. Lincoln and Clyde's David Steele movie turns into high stakes when Lisa builds a nuclear reactor. So, yes. We are continuing on with the David Steele stuff. Very, very happy about that. Because, you know me, I'm, I'm like, I, as we're going to talk about President Danger, I am 
am literally like, I love the whole David Steele thing now. <laughs> like, I know people are upset, like I've mentioned it before, that Link, that people are upset that Lincoln switched his hyperfixation from A. Savvy to David Steele. But the whole point of him doing that is that he didn't forget A. Savvy as mentioned in Save Royal Woods. He literally mentions, oh, this is the tree where I read all my A. Savvy comic books in my underwear. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just want to talk about Save Royal Woods and fan freak out because, yeah, but I can't. Um, not today. Um, but, yeah, like, like I said, he didn't forget A. Savvy again. It's just he's trying out new things. And David Steele being this new hyperfixation of his is something where it's it's showing that Lincoln is not just a one-trick horse. It's not like, oh, I, I, like, people are like, oh, he has to like A. Savvy. Like, that's the one thing he has to like. No, he doesn't. <laughs> we all don't like the same things, and we also don't always like the same things as we grow up. We eventually move on, and we eventually like more things than just one thing. It's like saying, oh, I just like Spy X Family. That's the only anime I'll ever like, and I'll never like any other... Uh, anime after that or say like you know, with comic book fans it's like I oh you only have to like Spider-Man you can't like Superman or you can't like uh Batman you know you, you only like Spider-Man you, that's like gatekeeping okay don't gatekeep Lincoln from trying out new stuff okay so the, the David Steele stuff is fantastic and as present danger showed it's amazing okay like I can't wait to like spaz about present danger it's like my favorite episode ever now um uh, so, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited for more David Steele stuff. I'm very, I, I'm actually kind of glad that Clyde's being included in this one, because again, present danger, he's not included. And the last one we had with the David Steele stuff with Clyde was High Crimes, which wasn't really a David Steele episode. It just had the name branding, it's not really that. But and to have them both in here, and then Lisa will be playing a role. Lisa's getting the double whammy this week, folks, as, we, as you probably already know. But man, she is getting a lot this season, man. Like, Lisa is becoming, like, the second protagonist of season six. She is becoming the MVP of the season, and I'm very happy for her because Lisa's not the most, you know, popular sibling for the fandom, but ever since the show has grown and grown, like, she's moved up high on the ranking, man. Like, I actually really do like Lisa a lot more lately, so that's pretty cool for Lisa fans who have been there since the beginning. Good for you. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited by Life's Camera Nuclear Reaction. It's a David Steele episode. You know, I'm there. I'm very happy. I'm very excited for it. Um, and that episode is paired with the Save the Last Pants episode, which is Rusty tries to bring the fun of Gus's to de dudes for du duds for dudes when he's in charge of the store. So Rusty episode, I mean, that was to be expected. You know, we've we got we've gotten you know a Liam episode, we've got a Zach episode, we've got Clyde episodes. We're eventually gonna get that Stella episode. I mean, we, we kind of did in season four, but I mean, like we're we're gonna get that focus Stella episode eventually. Uh, but so it's Rusty's turn, <laughs> and I and I'm like, I say good for him because. Rusty's gotten a lot of attention lately, you know, with uh, with Frame on You, and especially Present Danger, as I'll talk about later. Rusty is the MVP of that episode, being like the greatest friend ever. <laughs> like again, there's no explanation as to why he does that other than that. I just wanted to give you a great birthday gift. So good on you, Rusty. So I I'm very excited that Rusty's getting his first focus episode, and it sounds like it'll be a fun time. Um. But yes, and then after the Loud House, there is the Castagrandes, who are going to have uh, episodes, and <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, so like I said, Lisa's getting the double whammy this week, with of course, you guys probably already know, the Kick Some Bot episode, which is, Sid faces off against Lisa Loud, you heard me right, I, 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 you heard me right, Sid faces off against Lisa Loud in the Great Lake City Robotics Competition. I mean, you, Casa... <laughs> 
I feel like Casa knew they were gonna get cancelled, so it's like, let's go out with a bang, alright? So, we already had Phantom Freakout, aka the episode where Clyde finally interacts with Sid, and I can't shut up about that. Every time I think about, we got that slide interaction that's canon, I can't believe that. But I'm gonna be watching the episode where Sid and Lisa team, like, fight in a robotics competition, literally the most perfect, like, fan episode that could ever, never happen, but it's actually happening in the show is crazy. Like, I still, I still think about how Phantom Freako actually happened. Like, that happened, okay, that, that that's a possibility it could happen, but, like, this is not a possibility. This could be, this could have happened in, like, season 7 of Teenage or season, a possible season 8, but this is happening in Casagrande season 3 before the show ends. Like, that's some balls right there. Like they, they probably knew they were gonna be ending soon. So like let's like, let's just do everything. You know, let let's have the OT4 meet. Let's have Lisa meet Sid because they're both in the robotics. Let's just do that. Like I'm surprised they did that before a Carlota and Lenny episode, aka the most easiest you know plot you could do. But I love this. Like this is gonna be great because again, like I said, Lisa is stepping up as like the second protagonist of of TLH in these current seasons. So her having the team up, like fa face off against Sid. Like, that is so cool. Like, I, I am, like, I, I just can't believe that'll be real. And I hope at least they show some scenes in a promo uh, tomorrow for that episode because even when I see it, I won't be able to believe it. It's like when I saw the OT4 in that promo, I still couldn't believe that was real. And I still watch the episode, I still can't believe that's real. So I'll be watching this and be like, I still can't believe this is real. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if the Louds besides Lisa will show up because... It, it, like, clearly, like, Sid probably doesn't know Lisa. Like, I guess you want, well, I mean, she probably knows Lisa as in, like, she's heard of Lisa because Ronnie will talk about Lincoln and be like, oh, he comes from a family of ten sisters. So, this will be the first time that Sid ever interacts with a loud that isn't Lincoln. And that's, well, I mean, I, like, I was saying, like, Clyde is in the Loud House, but, like, like a Loud family member, and that's gonna be so weird. <laughs> like, this is gonna be, like, the ultimate blow-your-mind crossover moment. Like, it's one thing with Sid finally talking to Clyde, or Roddy and mentioning Clyde's name, but this will be, like, the mind-blowing moment of, this is, like, this is, like, some fanfic stuff right here, and it's gonna be crazy. Like, I, I wonder, like, when Lisa pops up, like, Sid will know who she is, or just... Like, see that, see your name and be like, oh, like, are you related to Lincoln, Roddy Ed's best friend? And it's just like, yeah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of his, like, nine sisters, I'm one of his ten sisters, I almost said nine, I'm one of his ten sisters, and we see, we see a shot of, like, the entire Lao family from the, uh, from the crowd. Like, I wonder if they will show up. Because it's like, Lisa, it seems like they're, they're saying only Lisa will be the only one that will either have, like, dialogue or show up in the episode. But I do hope she doesn't, like, get there by herself. <laughs> you know, like, she, like, her family's there supporting her in the audience. And then we we cut to, like, the Casa Grande supporting Ronnie and, well, not Ronnie, uh, supporting Sid in the crowd. And maybe they have the whole, the two families, like, sitting next to each other in the crowd. And you have, like, a shot of Lincoln and Ronnie just, like, sitting next to each other. But they're also kind of, like, like, going back and forth because you can't decide who they're going to cheer for, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just, I'm very excited for that one. I know I just rambled there, but it's going to be so crazy to see how they 
go about this episode and, and like what's gonna happen in it but it's like the most mind-blowing moment of like crossover ever is is this um but then of course there's gonna be that the episode with it called Salvador Do- doggy when faced with a deadline and no inspiration frida tries to use lala's paintings as her own i mean I'm, I'm very excited for another frida episode because i love frida so much but you see it's gonna be overshadowed by the lisa and sid episode i'm so sorry frida you're my girl you're my soul you're my you're my uh you're my spirit animal, but you had to be paired up with, like, the biggest crossover moment ever, uh, you know, so, but I, I, I'm still excited for it, um, then I think, uh, we have some scheduling here, yeah, so then on the 29th, it looks like with Loud House, there's gonna be, uh, the major hiccup, looks like that's the only episode there, there should be two of them, but if they're only gonna air one, then... I guess that's that. And then with Casa Grandes, there's the worst job and the sound of metal. Again, we don't know what those two, ep- those three, three episodes are about. I don't think we know about those yet. No. Um, so yeah, again, like lots of hype happening with both shows. You know, again, with Casa Grandes, it's ending soon. So they're literally going out with a bang with some stuff. While with Loud House, they're still continuing and there's some really big stuff happening and it's going to be crazy. Um... But yeah, I, I don't think there's any other news other than episode news, so I think, I, I'm trying to think there's anything else I want to discuss other than mostly just episode news, right? I think it's mostly just episode news. I can't think of anything else other than they did post gifts from the episodes that come out on Friday, but when this episode comes out, you guys will have already seen the episode, so I don't really need to see those. But yeah, so really exciting time for Loud House of the Grande episodes as we're coming up. Um... <clears throat> So, with that being said, I guess that's all the news for this week, so we can just jump right into the episode uh, reviews. So let's jump right in and let's do a right- lightning round of of episodes from The Loud House and The Casagrandes. So I know that Present Danger and Stress for the Park came out first in terms of these set of episodes, but I'm going to save those for later, as in I'm going to do Stress for the Park first, and then I want to save Present Danger after I talk about the two specials as well. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of big stuff I have to discuss here, but I do want to save Present Danger for the end because I have a lot to say on that episode, as you probably can tell. Um, So I think the first episode that came out, again, this is the wrong order, I apologize, but I think I remember because... uh, uh, with Nickelodeon, they decided to air Bummer Camp before uh, Driver's Drive, which, according to the, uh, the episode uh, numbers, should be first. <laughs> so we already knew that Lenny passed her, her driving test. We just didn't know how. <laughs> uh, but let's start with Bummer Camp, then, which is... When Gramps struggles to run Camp Mastodon, the kids come to, to his rescue. So I was pretty excited that they actually were going to do a follow-up slash sequel to Camp, where the kids actually go to Camp Mastodon and actually try to become uh, counselors to help uh, Gramps run the uh, camp. And uh, I'm trying to think about if I have a lot to say on this one. I just think it's another great family sibling episode. Um, and I was a little disappointed that, you know, the last time we saw Camp, we had Lori in that episode, so it was kind of weird to not have her included in a sequel-type episode to Camp. But I think it was just a really good episode in terms of how the kids were really determined to help Gramps, no matter what the case was or how it would, would affect them, because, you know, Gramps was in his ways of being a fisherman, so how he treated the Camp was like being a fisherman. And the kids were trying to, like, teach him how to, you know, boost the Camp, or how to be a better counselor and things like that. And they they were desperate to really help Gramps because they were worried that if Gramps 
would have left and not be able to take over the camp, they would never see him again because this is the first time they brought they got him back since camped. And he also appears in present danger for Lincoln's birthday, which is really nice. Uh, so I'll mention that later. But I think it's just really, I think what, what's great about the episode in general is just how the kids are portrayed in the episode and how wholesome they are. The fact that they love their grandfather so much, they love Gramps so much, that they want to keep uh, Leonard around because they, they missed him so much. It's so sweet to see that continuity between Camp and this episode where they're so happy that Gramps is back and they don't want to lose him. So I think that's what makes this episode uh, a strong episode in terms of how they're handling the sibling episodes this season. I think se season six is really going back to the roots of the Loud House and f f figuring out what made the Loud House the Loud House and really doing episodes that make the kids so wholesome and cute. So that's what I really like about this one, and also we'll talk about sleepstakes in a second. But that's I think that 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 the the strife of this episode is is that the kids just love Gramps that much. And then sleepstakes. The loud kids help Lana get over her fear of sleepovers. I think this is a really great Lana episode, especially because again it really factors into a very relatable topic in terms of having having anxiety, like having little anxiety panic attacks. And I feel bad for all the poor loud kids because they all seem to have these sort of problems, you know, and, and I, I understand a lot of the struggle and I know a lot of people complained about, oh, well, this messes up continuity because in other episodes, Lana was like in other places sleeping and she was fine. But here's the thing. She was at those other places with her family. She was going to be sleeping over at her friend's house where her, fr her, where her family would not be there. If her family would be sleeping with her there, then she feels safe. But because she was sleeping over her friend's house and not with her family, she didn't feel safe. And I understand that completely, you know? I also chickened out at a sleepover when I was, like, well, I wasn't that, I said it wasn't a lot of age. I was a little older than that. But it was like we were doing a, like, we had a party for a musical theater and they were going to do a sleepover. So I thought, hey, I'd never done a sleepover before. I'll, I'll do that. And by the time I got to my sleeping bag, I realized I was too scared. I chickened out. I called my mom to bring me home. <laughs> because I, I was too scared thinking, oh, what if I snore and people hear me and I'm too embarrassed and stuff. So I really understand a lot of struggle with if you're going to sleep over at a friend's house, will they judge you for being too scared or doing something and things like that. And I really love, again, the wholesomeness of the kids and how how much they really wanted to help Lana get over her fear. They did so much to support her by helping her, like you know, setting up you know, uh, you know, sleeping bags in the in the backyard and at uh, the retirement home and other places to help her feel safe. And even when she needed something, you know, she called them up. It was like I need like the lasagna or I need mom to be here. Like they were still very supportive. Like it really did remind me of a lot of anxieties I went through. When I first moved to college. You know, I called up my parents and I, I don't feel safe. I don't feel good. And they're like, you know, just give it a chance or if you need anything, you know, we'll get it for you or whatever. So it, it was really nice to, it's, it's just really nice to see this season really portraying the family, especially the kids, as so supportive. And one more thing I'll mention about this episode is I love the moment when the when the uh, Rita and Lynn Senior go out on their date, and the kids make this really like suspicious looking like you know evil grin, and then they decide to just have a just have a pillow fight. <laughs> like I love that. Like whenever Lynn Senior and Rita just go out for a date, you know, like the kids just plan to just trash the house. It's kind of funny, especially when we had time trap, really the episode where they destroy. You know the the was it the lamp? 
was it a lamp or was it a vase? It was a vase, I think, right? Yeah, and then, and then they had the, like, they messed up, you know, time and everything, but all of a sudden they're like, okay, it's cool to, to trash the house again. Uh, but that's the loud house for you. Um, and Sofa's so good as to mention. It's the, it's the rule of the loud house. <laughs> we can't go one, one moment without fighting. But yeah, Sleepstakes, very wholesome one episode. I think it's one of her best, I agree. on Some people have said it's one of her best. I think it just makes, it just portrays Wanda's anxiety as very relatable to me. And I, I very much appreciate showing those kind of uh, anxieties toward, for characters. Okay, let me see. What's next? Uh, oh yeah, Driver's Dread. Uh, the last laugh of Driver's Dread. Oh yes. Yeah. So, uh, then there's the last laugh. Wan thinks Mr. Coconuts is out for revenge when she replaces him with Lola in her act. So this, this, I feel like this episode should have happened like seasons ago, where Lola and Lana, not Lana, um, Wan and Lola team up for some kind of act. You would think the two most performing people in our in the family would have like teamed up like seasons ago but then again we still haven't had a weird and luna episode the roommate the roommate so i don't know why they're deciding to do a low wind episode before a weird and luna episode again i swear they're gonna say that for like season eight or whatever um but yeah no uh what what i found very interesting about this episode isn't so much the weird and lola dy dynamic although it's very wholesome i think it's very cute lola, lola like really acts like how lincoln did in funny business where she loves the attention because of course it's lola she's gonna love the attention so you would think that lola would would know that when like has big crowds that come to her you know things but even she was like people come to your acts <laughs> like she was not even aware of that so yeah um but i think what's very interesting about it is that Wan is kind of messed up in the head. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. This episode basically does everything we can play about Wan with Mr. Coconuts where she's kind of crazy. You know like so she was blaming Mr. Coconuts for messing up uh, her and Lola's act when in reality Lisa showed her that it was Wan that was messing up everything because she felt guilty about replacing Mr. Coconuts. And the fact that Wan thought the best thing to do is blame it on the puppets. Even the show's calling her out like, um, like, even Lola's like, aren't you Mr. Coconut's like, yeah! No, duh! And like, Wan's like, oh, it's the puppet's fault. And it's like, no, it's your fault because you're messed, because you're insane. <laughs> you know, like, you think that Mr. Coconut's is a real thing. And he's not, okay? Like, you, you were the one that messed all this up because you felt bad about replacing Mr. Coconuts with Lola. And I kind of, like, as someone said, I kind of wish this episode could have been, like, the moment where, where Wan uh, gives up Mr. Coconuts. But like Lisa had said, like, you could still try out new stuff and just not replace the old stuff. Like, she had a, has a new robot and she still kept the one robot from, I think, Snow Business? Snowy Business in uh, Season 1? A snow, snow business? I forget what the episode is. <laughs> it's the it's the one episode where Lisa wants uh, every day to be a snow day. I forget what the episode's called. But she kept that robot, which is pretty cool continuity. But uh, I, I just kind of wish that Wan would give up Mr. Coconuts because she she, she finally realized she's crazy. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, that that was the realization of, like, yeah, you well, Wan, I think you I think you need to go to a therapist. I think I think you need to I need to get checked out, sweetie. <laughs> um but yeah, sorry to, but I I love Wan, it's just I'm concerned about her. Um but other than that, it's a good episode. I don't think it's a great episode, but it's just a very insightful episode to Wan's psyche and how I think she she just needs to be checked out. Um 
and then drivers dread, hoping to drive out to the outlets to be Lori, Letty looks for alternate ways to get her driver's license. So at last, we finally get the follow-up episode from season one, Driving Miss Hazy, where Letty is finally gonna get her driver's license. And this episode is great. Like, I, 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 don't, even, I don't even know to echo it from everybody else, but it's a great episode. Like, I think it's one of Letty's best episodes so far. Like, Letty's had some really great episodes, you know, in season five and such, but I think this is one of her best ones. And especially because Lori appears in this episode as a cameo, and I love seeing Lori because, you know, with this show, we complain about Lori's kind of being forgotten in the show because of school. Uh, but it's very nice to see that they remembered Lori and that Letty wants to go see her. And this is, a, this is a big chance for her to get her driver's license to drive out to see Lori, since no one else can really take her to go see Lori at the outlets. Uh, so Letty finds different ways to uh, you know, pass her test by getting different instructors and it doesn't work out. So eventually Lisa tries to like you know build a thing, like a self-driving car to help her, which she technically Letty cheats to get her license. That was kind of the downgrade of this episode was she technically cheats. But I'm sure like we, I'm sure she went around and said, hey, I actually cheated. Can I get my actual license and try again? Because in the end, she actually did uh, drive on her own and she was able to meet Lori at the end. So I think it's just a really great episode in that regard. Like that, that, that dies it down a little bit just for the cheating aspect. But I think, you know, we saw that Lenny can drive the car, so it doesn't really matter in the end, so I think it's still a really great episode, a really good Lenny episode, and I'm just really glad that she's the one that's uh, gonna be able to drive in the family now, especially with Bummer Camp, she's the one that, you know, drives them to Camp Mastodon, so now that Lori's gone, they need somebody to drive everybody around besides, you know, Liz Senior and Rita, who are busy with jobs and stuff. So now that Letty is the one that's able to drive, I hope I hope we see in the future more episodes where Letty can take everybody to their things. Uh, let's see, what's next? Um, ba 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 ba. Uh, oh. And then there's Cat catastrophe? Yeah. The McBride scramble to put together a birthday party for Nana Gale after they forget to throw one this year. Um, yeah, I don't think I have a lot to say on this one. I just thought it was okay. <laughs> you know, like, I, I hate to, you know, gloss over a McBride episode, especially when it's one with, it's a Clyde-focused episode. I, I'm really happy that they're giving Clyde more focused episodes. But I just thought it was fine. You know, them trying to, you know, they were they were celebrating their kitty's graduation, and then they forgot that the same day was Nana Gale's party, so they actually brought all the stuff to her party and tried to pass it off as decoration and stuff. But it's always nice that they remember Nana Gale. They don't remember Myrtle as much as they should, because even though they're supposed to be roommates, they always forget Myrtle. It's very weird. Um, but yeah, I don't have a lot to say this one other than it was pretty good. Um, and then prize fighter. Lola worries she's already a washed up pageant star when she wins a lifetime achievement award. So as someone said on YouTube, this definitely does have a lot of luck with, uh, a lot of similarities to Community Disservice from season four, which is like, honestly, the best little episode ever made. Um... Cause yeah, cause she she wants to get this uh this award, this lifetime achievement award, and she does she tries to do all these good deeds to get the attention of the judges. Whereas community disservice was about her doing your know, community service. So technically, it's kind of the same thing, except here she finds out that whoever gets the award is gonna end up like you know being cursed to never like you know, do pageants again, so she try, so she messes up every day to get the judges to hate her, but then Cricket 
from season five appears again, which again is great that they remembered a side character. It's rare for Loud House to do that. <laughs> so it's cool to see Cricket and Cricket's like, oh no, that didn't happen. It's just they they moved or whatever she said. I forget. Uh, something about Mars. And so Lola's like, oh no, and she has to like, you know, fix it again. Um, I don't know. Like this one is again fine. It's not really amazing. It's just like I feel like it's I feel like what they said before, it's like we've been here before. It's just kind of a watered down version of it. Um but it's a Lola episode, and Lola always makes everything great, so I can't really complain when it's a Lola episode, whether it's a mid-episode or not. But I just think it was, it was okay. <laughs> I guess that's all I'll say about that one. Alright, then let's jump over to the Casa Grandes, and the last episode I need to catch up on is Race Against the Machine. When Mr. Chang's job might go to a faster train conductor, he has to prove that he can be just as fast as a robot. So, this episode is kind of weird. <laughs> like, how I describe this episode? It, it's very strange how trains work and how, like, apparently Mr. Chang has to compete with this robot that his boss build, built and, you know, the, the you think the robot would be faster than him and then, like, Roddy and Sid, Adelaide and Carl try to help Mr. Chang, you know, be faster than the robot and, like, it, it's very, it's very strange. The physics of trains don't really work in this episode. But as Sid has quoted in this episode, it's science shrugs. <laughs> like, that's what I, that's what I'm gonna say every time people question the logic of the Loud House. They're like, oh, well, the they can't flood a lake in a slice of life cartoon. It doesn't make any sense. And I'll say, it's science shrugs. <laughs> like, just, just clip that and be like, it's science, don't question it, as Sid would say. So, yeah. Episode basically to sum up, it's science, don't question it. Um, and then My Fair Cat Lady. Adelaide wants to help the city cats clean up their acts for adoption, but can she help these grumpy gatos? So this is really the first focused Adelaide episode in the entire show, because a lot of the episodes that Adelaide has are either with Sid or, of course, with Carl. A lot of the episodes are with Carl, mostly. So this episode doesn't even have Carl in it, which I'm very shocked that they restrained themselves from having Carl in the Adelaide episode. But that makes it great so Adelaide can actually shine as a character because she's one of the most you know, engaging, uh, you know, proactive characters in the show, because Adelaide is awesome. Um, and having a f her own focus episode was pretty cool to see, just really mostly about her trying to train these cats because she didn't want them to go, like, she wanted them to, you know, go up for adoption, but she needed to clean them up and have them be more proper and stuff, and the mice versus Gato's giant robot fight thing was probably the coolest thing I've ever seen in the show. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's just awesome that for the last, you know, season or last you know, time of the show will air is that they, we had the first Chang sister episode with Adelaide and Sid, and now Adelaide got her own focus episode in this season. I think that's pretty awesome. So good for Adelaide. <laughs> The survival of the unfittest. When Arturo realizes Bobby doesn't have survival skills, he decides to bring Bobby to the woods for training. So shout out to Nino. I'm going to be talking about a lot of Bobby episodes as Bobby's getting a lot this season. <laughs> Good for Bobby, of course. Um, and this episode is great because it's a very focused episode. No one else in the Casa Grande family, I believe, shows up besides Arturo and Bobby. Like, this episode feels like 
the something they should have done a long time ago where Arturo and Bobby, you know, bond because we did have Operation Dad where Ronnie M was hanging out with Arturo to, like, keep, let him stay. And we've had episodes where it's Bo uh, Ronnie and Bobby with their dad, like, you know, doing something, whether it's they with Destiny thinking they're going to get back together and such. So it was cool to have, like, an Arturo and Bobby you know, hangout episode, like, where Arturo teaches Bobby some survival skills because he's worried that Bobby would not be able to, you know, take care of himself and stuff and I think it's great that they just had these two in it also oh my gosh yeah like Nick Signals is the same way like too I, I like how these two kind of had some parent vibes to like the parent child vibes to it where it's just like a parent and a child like but especially this episode this episode actually kind of really made me like Arturo again because any time Arturo shows up make me fat they, they give me ways to dislike him so like this episode actually made me like Arturo again so I'm just worried that there's another episode with him before the show ends they might make me dislike him again but you know I, I think this episode is just really good just because it's a Arturo and Bobby body episode I think that's really good then Nick signals Frida asks Carlota to spend the spa day with her to enjoy quality time, but can they both stay off their phones? So yes, a Frida and Carlota episode. Never thought I'd see this, but again, just like the Bobby and Arturo episode, it's actually pretty good. Because I love Carlota and I love Frida. So it was pretty cool that they actually wanted to have like a mother-daughter day. And uh, Frida was like, you know, wanting to do this art gallery thing, but she wanted to hang out with Carlota. And Carlota wanted to do a live stream, but then her mother wanted her off her phone. But of course, Frida started being on her phone to do that interview with the art person that was lying to Carlota and they got into a fight and stuff. And then they, uh, then they rekindled and then they, uh, you know, uh, apologized and stuff. Sorry, I couldn't think of the words. But uh, I, I, I mean, again, like Survival of the Unfitness, I think it's a pretty good episode. Just again, as the, as the show wraps up who else needs the episode I think this is just a really good episode for having an episode for Frida and Carlota together so I think that's pretty cool that I finale I hope I don't know if I say that correctly but that's what the when Bobby and Para left in charge of Ziggy's shop they must resist jamming with the shop's musical treasures so yeah this is basically just Bobby and Para gay the episode <laughs> Yeah, it's just 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 about Bobby and Par being bros, which is really cool. Cause I do I do like that they could continue to have Bobby and Par be best friends, but I don't think we get a lot of episodes with them together as best friends. You know, they're, they're just kind of sometimes you know in the background hanging out. But this was like really the first episode besides Never Friendly Story where they're together for a full episode. And what's great, what's also interesting about this episode is that Ziggy, the reason that he leaves is because he mentions that a certain girl was, uh, was selling a Mick Swagger, uh, vinyl in Royal Woods. Gee, I wonder who that girl who's selling a Mick Swagger vinyl is in Royal Woods. Huh. I don't know. Can you, can you guys figure it out? I'm, I'm not sure who would that be. That, I mean, it could be anybody, but we all know who it is. Starts with an L, ends with a... A. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but yeah, no, that was pretty interesting, especially because we saw him at Flip, so he was technically in Royal Woods, which is very interesting. Especially because again, Bobby is like, oh my gosh, Mick Swagger, so Bobby's a Mick Swagger fan? You'd think Lori would know that, right? <laughs> so it's like, oh wow, like, me, you, you would think when Lori finds out that Bobby's a Mick Swagger fan, he's like, oh, I could actually bond with like, 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 Lori's like, oh, you can bomb with Luna then. <laughs> you can bomb with my sister, your future sister-in-law, that's cool. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have a lot to say on this one either. Just shout out to my friend Nino, who probably really loved this episode because Bobby and Par are gay the episode. It's basically that, just Bobby and Par are gay the episode. That's how I can describe it. 
and they cut cut the chisme. The family tries to stop their notorious chismizo Hector from gossiping all over town, but Kenny stay quiet. Boy. <laughs> um, so I was concerned that Casa Grande's decided to do another gossip-type episode because we all know how that turned out last time, Miguel Puga. I'm still not forgiving you for directing that episode, okay? I love you to mention the name, but I'm not still forgiving you. I'm just kidding. Don't worry. No, no, don't worry. We're cool, right? We're cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I was concerned because it's like other gossip so great. What, what's, what other guys is Ronnie and marrying this time? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I know I'm still salty. Anyway, but. You know, they actually did a better gossip episode here because they didn't they didn't make all the the gossip that embarrassing, honestly. I mean there was some, but it was like not aimed at my girl or she was targeted from Becky, so that's a plus. <laughs> or it wasn't at school, or no one was blamed, like like a gossipy girl was all a mystery of who sent out the gossip. <laughs> here, yeah, it's Hector. Like gossipy girl should have been about Hector. You know, like, you should have done that from the start. I don't know why they decided to do that that episode. They should have just done one with Hector's gossip because they had never done that in the show except for mentioning it on the side or even mentioning it in the Casa arc. But, like, Hector hasn't done his gossiping since forever. So it's like, oh, the show's ending. We totally forgot to do an episode about Hector gossiping. Yeah. It's like, it's like they all sat down and was like, okay, guys, episode ideas, what haven't we done? It's like, a uh, gossip episode? We just did that. Uh, yeah, but we didn't do that one with Hector, the one that does gossip. Oh, you're right. Now I regret actually doing that role with Roddy and the friends. <laughs> uh, I'm just sure that it go that way, but that's how I, how I picture it. Um, but yeah, no, I actually thought this one was pretty good, because, like, they actually tried to snap Hector out of the gossiping, and at first it worked, but then they kind of realize that they do need the gossip, because they need to hear about things. Like, he's the only one that kind of, like, tells them what's going on, which is either a good thing or a bad thing that you want to hear about somebody having their hair grown out or whatever, but uh, I did love when they were feeding Hector all the gossip, and again, Roddy was just like, oh, I didn't do a 360, I did like a 240, which is like, come on. Um, and then like, uh, CJ's like, no, I used Bobby's toothbrush. And then, freaking, and then like Carlos, the worst one ever, is Carlos saying, I don't recycle. <laughs> and all the reactions are like, <gasps> like, it's like, Carlos! Recycle. I was like, yeah. Wow, Carlos, man. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad they did a better gossip episode than again, the season two episode. I'm glad they did decide not to do that episode again or try to make it, as wor like, make it worse. I was writing that and they did a pretty good episode that I actually do enjoy. So good on you, Casa. Good on you. Okay, and we're... <laughs> And alright, so let's jump right into talking about the specials then, shall we? Alright, so then we're going to talk about the specials from the Loud House. The first one being Time Trap, which is when the kids break mom and dad's priceless vase, they decide the only thing they could do is go back in time to their wedding day and prevent them from ever receiving it. So I think this is a really great special, honestly. Like, you know, everybody's complaining about, oh, time travel in the Loud House. Duh, 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 duh. But I think it's actually executed very well in this episode, and especially because this is the special where Lori is actually in the special compared to Save Royal Woods, the first special where she's not in it, which is, again, so weird. Um, 
But yeah, no, I think, again, like I talked about how season six is doing a really good job with portraying the family. I think this is a really good episode portraying, you know, the siblings again and how, you know, this was actually more focused on Lisa and how she was trying to figure out, you know, how they could, you know, go back in time to stop themselves from breaking the vase. But then as they had tried to swap out the vase with something else, it would mean that they would no longer exist and their parents wouldn't have kids because when they go to the uh, the wedding reception, they actually act like, you know, animals and don't know how to behave. And they make Lindsay and Arena, like, think they don't want kids and hate kids, which is kind of dark for the Loud House, where it's like, oh, like, these kids are so annoying, let's not have kids, like, dang. <laughs> and so, like, it made all the kids disappear, because then they would not have been born. So, it's basically, uh, their, uh, their parody of, of Back to the Future, where without, you know, mom and dad having kids, the, the kids would have never been born. So, every, every show's done a Back to the Future parody. But, I think it's just a really good episode. Like, I think Saber Royal Woods is probably my favorite special now, after Time Trap, but I think Time Trap just does a good job being another focused fail Loud Family episode, and how, you know, the kids you know, really didn't want to have this happen to them, but once they were able to get back to normal and, you know, go back to, you know, Lindsay and Rita as their parents, they were so happy. I do like the continuity between the Loud House movie and this, uh, special where they keep how Lindsay and Rita got married, you know, in their, their, their outfits and how it looks from the movie, so I think the movie is still kind of canon-ish to the show, or just taking some continuity from the movie, so, again, I don't have, I, it's hard to remember a lot from the special, but that I want to talk about, but it's like, oh, I think it's just a really great special. And then the the other special is the Golden Curse for the Casa Grandes, which is the Casa Grandes celebrate Paco's wedding, but they need to find Las Aras that Sergio lost. So I'm going to be kind of a negative Nancy on this one. This special is very boring. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miguel Puga. I'm sorry, Casa Crew. I know you worked on this special. I know it's you're probably a labor of love. It's very boring. Like, I, I, I'm I, not going to sugarcoat it. Like, I think it's one of the most boring specials of, of Casa Grande's. This should have been just an 11-minute episode. It felt like they, this episode dragged out for too long. Like, you, you really didn't need to extend this episode to 22 minutes. It could have been just been 11 minutes and nothing would have been lost from it. It's just basically Sergio screws up the episode, but as a special. And I think I know why they tried to do it. They tried to redeem Sergio in this case, where it's like, he lost the last Aris, he tries to get it back, he eventually screws up, he apologizes, he gets it back, and then they then Paco, yo, forgives him. It's the same song and dance with Sergio. But, you know, I kind of wish it could have been just a 11-minute episode, because I feel like it would have gotten the same result, and it could have had another, there's something else from a special than this, you know? Like, I hate to compare Phantom Freakout, but Phantom Freakout is great as a double-length episode because they really do know how to focus on these characters and what they do, and it feels very focused on the plot and everything. The Golden Curse, yeah, it's focused, but it's also, like, it also jumps from different things, and it doesn't feel very focused as a special. Like, we have, like, the, the party, and then we have the wedding party, and then, like, Sergio, like... He has the stuff, he thinks he did it, but then he messes up, and they have to go all around town trying to find the stuff. Like, it feels like it drags and drags. It just doesn't feel like they really knew how to extend the special to be a special. Like, again, the Casa Grandes, they're all in it, like, the family's in it, but it's focused on Sergio, 
you know, uh, trying to, like, you know, be the best man at Paco's wedding, uh, but I just don't feel like it really warranted to be a special. Like, there are plenty of other episodes I feel like they could have been a special. This one didn't feel like a special. It, feel, it felt like a very extended 11-minute episode that didn't fe- need to be an ex- uh, a 22-minute special. You know, I wish I could say, I wish I could find something redeeming about it, but I think the only thing I really liked about it was when Roddy got her big W moment when she, ru- when she arm-wrestled the sumo wrestler. She got a big W there. Or, or the fact that she's wearing her dress from Zoom Emergency because in uh, 15 Candles she's wearing a different dress, so it's nice that they brought that back. Um, but other than that, it's not really. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just like you can watch it. I don't, I'm not saying it's like not worth your time, but as a special, it's like for your last season, one of your like one of the last specials you do is like one where it's about Sergio messing up and it doesn't feel like an extended episode. It's just kind of boring, so I hate to be negative on an episode like that, like, again, it's not a bad episode, it's not like a gossipy girl type thing where it pisses me off, it's just really boring, <laughs> like, it's just kind of mid, like, there's not much happens in it, it just kind of feels very, like, they're dragging this episode to, like, meet a deadline, so, you know, I, I don't know, I just don't, I, like, I watched it again, like, recently, and I'm just, like, I still don't feel anything for the special other than it's fine. Like, but for, but for your last season, I don't think you really need to do this as a special. <clears throat> and then let's jump right into, because I'm going to talk about presentation at the end, because I have a lot to say on it. So, stress for the part. After landing a role in a Dairyland production, Wan must hide this news from Mrs. Bernardo, who she beat out. So, yeah, this is a very good Wan episode. Again, I am very surprised that Wan is getting a lot this season. She's gotten, like, three episodes in a row now. She has this episode, she had the one with Lola, and now she's getting her Wandy ep- her episode with her boyfriend, who also appears in this episode is working at Dairyland. So, it seems like Betty has a lot of other side jobs in the show, which is kind of interesting, because he works at Dairyland here, and so he helps her get, uh, land the job at Dairyland, but she has to compete with him with Mrs. Bernardo. And it's hard because I don't really remember a lot for this one because Present Danger took over my brain. Uh, but I still thought it was a really good episode because I'm just happy for Wan fans who are getting a lot of episodes with her. Like, good on you, Wan. Good on you for getting like three episodes in a row. Nice job. <laughs> And finally, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to finally talk about Present Danger on my podcast. Like, you don't even understand. I've been waiting so long to finally talk about Present Danger. It's going to be so hard to, like, try to, like, put all my thoughts together on it. Because it's, like, I'm trying to remember stuff. Because, yeah, I, I, I haven't watched it as recent as now. But, man, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, uh, so Present Danger. Um... Dressed as David Steele, Lincoln is on the hunt for his stolen birthday present before it gets destroyed. So, before I say, before I talk about the episode, I forgot the quote from, from Sleepstakes. Up next, David Steele! <laughs> um, but yes, the Steele, the spy, your ally, ally, it's David Steele! <laughs> oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, like, great Delisle killed it. Like, that... I love that. Like, I love the fact that the episode starts with a, with a James Bond song parody. Especially because, again, we get the gun barrel with Lincoln and his little, uh, like, like, what is it? Like, his, um, what do you call that thing? Oh my gosh. So, like, uh, what is the thing called? Well, he has a little gun thing, but it's not a gun. It's like, a Nerf? Nerf blaster? Yeah, that's what it is. He has a little Nerf blaster, but he does the gun barrel. I think that's great. Um, 
Oh my gosh, where to begin? Um, so as I said at the, the top of the show, I love that they're doing the David Steele episodes because compared to the Ace Savvy episodes, I feel like they're getting more creative with the David Steele plots because you could do a lot more spy parodies than doing superhero parodies, which I feel like with the Ace Savvy episodes, they really didn't take advantage of the genre. Because like with the Ace episodes, for example, a lot of them were mostly Click and McCloud episodes where they were just solving a mystery. And not to say David Steele episodes aren't like that, like Family Bonding, for example, is them trying to figure out like, you know, if the if the neighbors were spies or, you know, high crimes, figuring out who's behind like the you know, the, the the things that the Sunset Canyon or, of course, Present Danger, we can figure out who stole his presents. So, you know, spy stuff is all obviously mysteries. But with Ace, it just felt like they were just solving mysteries and it didn't feel like they were doing much with the genre of superheroes. And it wasn't until King of the Con where they went to a, you know, Ace Savvy convention and really gave into, you know, doing the whole, you know, parody of going to convention as superheroes with the full deck. And they did do the shorts, uh, the Deuces Wild short. Oh, they also did that, oh, Pulp Friction back in season two was, like, the only time they really did pull it to the genre of the superhero stuff with, like, again, the stream sequence. But, again, with the dream sequence, it wasn't really, like, them doing an actual, you know, episode focus on it. So, with Lincoln and Clyde would dress up as Ace Savvy, like, in episodes like Crimes of Fashion or the one in season four... Uh, I can't think. Recipe for Disaster. Yeah, it's like they're just solving a mystery, but they're just dressed as Ace and One-Eyed Jack. So it's not really like they're doing much in terms of being superheroes other than solving mysteries. But I guess it's what you do with superheroes anyway. Whereas with David Steele, they're really leaning towards the spy genre. And I think that's what's making the episodes feel more unique compared to the David uh, Ace Savvy stuff. Especially with Present Danger where... Like, Clyde's not even involved in this episode, which feels very weird, because again, with family bonding and high crimes, having them both involved, Present Danger being the first episode of season 6, and it being the episode where Lincoln finally turns 12 in the show, and it is his birthday episode! It took you six seasons to finally give Lincoln, the main protagonist of the series, a birthday episode. The fact that the twins got a birthday episode before Lincoln is just insane to me, but, you know. Whatever. But the fact that they actually did it. It's the first episode of season 6. They finally did it. He turns 12 officially in the show. He's not 12 in season 5. According to now, uh, I guess the ruling now is that they're not aging up in season 5. They're moving up a grade. So now Lincoln's aging up in season 6. So will the other characters age? Although, according to Loudly Bones, Lisa turns 5 in that episode. And then again, the twins have a birthday in season 5. So... I guess the main character had to wait a bit before he grows up. <laughs> uh, but it's the, it's the first episode of season six. So let's say it takes place in season five. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so this episode is really more focused on Lincoln, which again, I absolutely love because, you know, that's my boy. Um, but what I really love about this episode is that the the twelfth birthday of the Lows is a very special landmark to the family. Like Rita mentions, how turning twelve is so important to the Loud boys of the family because Lynn Senior and then Leonard, aka Gramps, is in this episode giving Lincoln a very special present that was handed down from each member of the Loud family. As in, like the each each boy each male of the Loud family is passed down from Gr- Gramps, and then Gramps passes down to Lynn Senior, to Lynn Senior passes down to Lincoln. So I thought that was really sweet that they actually did that where it's like this present is so special to all the loud boys where it's passed down from each generation and then Lincoln will probably pass down this well spoiler alert it's a David Steele issue number one comic to his 
future kid with Roddy in. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's just really sweet that they decided to have that little angle that the that the 12th birthday of the Louds is just very important to them. Um, so yeah, someone steals the birthday present. We all know it's rusty. I mean, how obvious can you be? <laughs> and I'll talk about that later. But I think I love, what I love about this episode specifically is how it highlights Lincoln's character. Like, what my boy has grown so much throughout this show, and I always like to highlight his character development, as I say. And this episode, to me, is very, uh, very special in the fact that it really shows Lincoln's, you know, uh, ability to persuade people as being the man with the plan, but also the master convincing. But having such wits and skill, with especially the card scene, which is probably my favorite scene ever in the Loud House now, where he, you know, uh, challenges Chandler, Scoots, and Flip to a game of, of Goldfish, which is a, you know, uh, it was just parodied in the original James Bond, the Dr. No episode, uh, the Dr. No movie, or Casino Royale. Like, you, you, you gotta know which one is which. Um, but obviously, James Bond plays cards in, like, every movie, so, you know, it's, it's a staple of James Bond stuff. So, I just love when Lincoln's playing cards, and it's just like, uh, you know, it's like, a uh, room for one more, <laughs> like, he goes up, and then it's like, of course, the iconic line, so, are you feeling lucky? <laughs> like, that was just so perfect, like, you know, Astro Bishop was just iconic as Lincoln, and I'm gonna miss him very much, but as I talk about with Save Royal Woods eventually, Brentley Griffin is definitely a perfect replacement for him, but, you know, I just, that iconic moment of, so, are you feeling lucky, just... Iconic, absolutely iconic. Like, and the face, those facial expressions this episode are just amazing. Like, I'm sorry, I'm like gushy right now, but just thinking about, so are you feeling lucky? Just, uh, ma, chef kiss. And then it's like, you know, he's shaking the drink, you know, shaking that stir, and he's like, so, Chandler, got any twos? <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so good. Like, Astro just killed it. He killed it this episode, man. Like, the best episode to go off on. It's just iconic. Um, but then, of course, you know, uh, Chandler doesn't have the present. Uh, Lincoln, oh, I almost forgot that Lincoln gets help from uh, Gus, which I think Gus is one of the most underrated characters in the show, and I love Gus so much, so I hope to get more Gus. Um, so, eventually, he gets help from Lisa, which, again, one of my favorite moments in this episode is when he's like, oh, uh, you know, David Steele has a, a gadget guy called Q-Stick. I have my own gadget person. Lisa's like, oh, hello, there you are, Lincoln. Lincoln goes, goes, <coughs> Uh, at least it's like, oh, uh, a secret agent, David Steele. Lincoln just has this proud look. Like, <laughs> like, it's so great. Like, I just love that Lincoln, like, ropes everybody to this little game of his. So, like, when people are just like, oh, hey, there you are, Lincoln. He's like, <coughs> no, I'm David Steele. <coughs> like, it's just like how in the beginning where he's like, you know, everybody, there's no need to panic. David Steele is on the case. Like, he really, like, the thing about him being David Steele versus a savvy is that he takes this role very seriously. And I think that's what is very good about this hyperfixation to his character now. Is that Lincoln is more mature now. He's growing up as he is to be in being 12 in season 6. So him being interested in something that's more mature, more sophisticated, he shows that he is just, he is in this role. He is David Steele. He is embracing the character. He is the character, and no one will stop him from playing this little game of his, okay? Especially when he has to correct everybody like, no, <coughs> I'm David Steele. <laughs> you know, like, so don't call me David, don't call me Lincoln right now. I'm David Steele. I'm in the moment. I'm an actor. Like, I, I, my theory that Lincoln is a theater kid is canon, honestly. Um, then I just think about how, like, you know, with this hyperfixation or, of course, magic is 
stuff that, like, you know, he's really interested in that is very theatrical. Like, you could also say that for Ghost Hunting, so I have to mention that now because of Phantom Freakout. I always forget Ghost Hunting is, like, another hyperfixation of his that's very underrated that nobody really remembers, but I do. <laughs> um, I just did now. Um, but I really love that Lincoln's, uh, interests are mainly of the theatrical. Like, he really wants to be a showman because that's Lincoln in general. He wants to be in the spotlight, so really his hyperfixations are really focused on him be in the spotlight because that's what Lincoln wants and even though now from like season one to season four you know he wanted that validation and he got it he still wants to be a show off <laughs> you know like one of my favorite moments is Magician Lincoln and uh, uh Sofa so good when he's you know cleaning off the uh the lamp and he gives a look to the he looks like gives a look to the camera like look what I did folks look me be a show off <laughs> so like this episode basically is just Lincoln as a show off the episode present danger like he's just iconic and that's what I love about it um, so I'm trying to think about it. So yeah, so Lisa, um, she fixes up Lola's car to be like a spy car. He confronts the, uh, the mysterious voice, which is Rusty. And again, it's Rusty. And why Rusty did this? To be a good friend to Lincoln and give him a really good birthday present? <laughs> yeah, it's not really explained why Rusty does this. Other than, hey, I appreciate you, Lincoln. I wanted to do all this. I planned this for months to be just a great friend. And it's weird because you think Rusty would have gotten, like, Clyde, Liam, Zach, and Stella to help out with a present for Lincoln, but he did all this by himself just to show Lincoln that he appreciates him as a friend. I don't know, Rusty, that's pretty gay. <laughs> Especially when Lincoln's like, oh, that was so awesome, it hugs Rusty. I'm like, wow, that's pretty gay, Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very strange. Like, there's no real, like, he doesn't really have a motive other than I did this just because I wanted to show uh, you that I appreciate you. Why do you have a great birthday? So, good on you, Rusty. As I say, they're trying to really redeem Rusty, so good on you, Rusty. I, I appreciate you. Then Lincoln, you know, he uh, gets the David Steele number one comic at the end from Gramps and Liz Sr. I absolutely love that. It's so cute. That it's like they pass it on to Lincoln. He's so happy together. So, you know, they, they say that like Gramps and Liz Sr. both got this David Steele issue number one. So I wonder if Lincoln actually got interested in David Steele because of Liz Sr. Like, I actually wonder if like maybe... Uh, Liz Senior actually had, like, maybe the, uh, like, the old issues of the David Steele comics, and Lincoln just happened to find them one day in, like, the attic or something, and got really into it. Or maybe he's into a new version of David Steele, because you never know, they could be doing, like, a reboot or a revamp of the character, because the character's probably been around for so long. According to Gramps, he's probably been around as old as Gramps is. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they probably did, like, a reboot of David Steele that Lincoln's into now. So, like, when Liz Senior heard that Lincoln was into David Steele, like, oh my gosh, we need to bond over this. <laughs> you know, so that's really cool. Especially because, again, the whole point of that episode of Season 2 Legends was that Lincoln and Liz Sr. couldn't bond over every anything except for, you know, Legends of the Hidden Temple. So them finding some sort of outlet to bond over something, I think it's really cool now. So they pass it on to each member of the Lao family that's a boy. So if Lincoln ever has a boy, he's going to pass it down to him and and kids, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think about, like, what else I love about Present Danger because there's so much that I didn't really talk about, but I 
that I forgot. But I absolutely love the scene where Lincoln is, uh, you know, he's following the mysterious voice and he's like, you know, telling himself like, oh, no, guess what I have to do? Think, steal, think. And it's like, you know, he gets the idea that he jumps from one plank to the other, that he's about to fall, that he does the Homer woohoo! <laughs> like, he even does it like the Homer woohoo, which I love. I think that's great. He was so, he was so proud of himself, like, woohoo, I did it! <laughs> it was very cute. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I, I wanted to make this quick, but of course, I just... I could gush about Present Danger all day. Like, I, I feel like I need to go watch it again because I love it that much. It is literally my favorite episode of season six right now. But it's hard because I love Safe Royal Woods too. But I think Present Danger is just going to be my number one right now because there's just so much I can love about this episode. And, like, you know, the, the ending where, you know, they're, they're, um, like, Lincoln accidentally brings the spy car in, and then, like, Gramps has the little sparkles in his eyes, and Lizzie was like, oh, is that a spy car? Can we ride in it? And Lincoln has this cute little, like, grin on his face, like, he has this little smirk, like, oh, it's so cute, and they all ride together, and Lowell's like, is that my princess car? And it's like, Lincoln does the, uh, the James Bond, like, yo, David Steele will be back, hopefully. <laughs> um, and that, that was, like, me being, like, after I watched President Danger, I'm like, please, another David Steele episode, please. And it's like, lights, camera, nuclear reaction. They've, oh my gosh, so, like, they posted the title card accidentally on the Instagram for the episode. I saw it, like, I was coming out of some place. I saw it. I lost my, I lost my mind. <laughs> like, I was like, yes, it's happening again. David's episode, let's go. <laughs> like, I'm so hyped. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. But I just love Present Danger. Like, 10 out of 10, best episode, my favorite episode of season six. Don't at me. <laughs> So yeah, that's all the new episodes that came out for both The Loud House and The Casa Grandes. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you again next time when I talk about all the brand new episodes in July, because I know you all want me to talk about Save Royal Woods and, of course, Phantom Freakout, but I gotta save those for the end of July as all new episodes for both shows are coming out this month as well. So I'll be back to talk about those, and again, I apologize for the big speed run of episodes and the big episode talking about everything, but I hope I could, uh, you know, entertain you with talking about all these episodes and, you know, my schedule is very busy so I was glad to record this episode and get it out uh, this week so you know I hope you enjoyed that and we'll see you all next time on Casa Loud Chats.